do appreciate the opportunity, appreciate you and your kind attention. Uh, we gotta stick together, not many people I hear people like us. <laughs> and I, I get a big audience every week because I go street preaching. <laughs> it's it's uh, one of the things you don't think about street preaching is that it encourages the brethren. That's true. Now, they may never come out and preach with you, but they'll be in the way that they witness. They'll be more bold in the way they just, well, he can do that. Now, I've met combat veterans that said they wouldn't do what I did. Now, I mean, you know, they said they, they wouldn't have, now I wouldn't have the courage to do what they did, but <laughs> so they probably could possibly, you never know until you're in the situation, right. but right. Um, uh, it, it does that. And I do appreciate, though, uh, once again, the opportunity to come and preach to you. Now, let's look in the Gospel of John. The only reason Brother Swanky has me come here is for variety. <laughs> <laughs> so, you still remember last year? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> he brings Brother Caleb for depth. He just brings me for what is he going to preach now? Okay. <laughs> Gospel of John, chapter 4. I'm going to tell a tale of two wells. Tale of two wells. One of the most interesting studies you can do in the Bible, there's a lot of things that are interesting, is but at people who met at a well, a water well. And of course, if you, you know, being from a dry area like here, I'm not going to preach it like I preach it to you boys. <laughs> they asked me to preach it in Negro dialect. But I read about uh, John Jasper. I was reading some of the stuff and uh, Uncle Ramus, and they said they wanted me to preach in Negro dialect, so I did it for them. I'll spare you all. But anyway, they, <laughs> they, uh, um, uh, there's a lot of people that met at wells in the Bible. It's interesting yeah. to look at it in the relation what happened at the wells. Being from a dry area, we know about the uh, uh, importance of a water well. Uh, you know, if you don't have water wells out here, you can't. The, the Indians couldn't survive here until they got the horses. Because they couldn't get from one place of water to the next. And plus, they couldn't find their way around. Uh, so, because everything looks the same, you know, they, there's no, they take an arrow and shoot it because your tendency is to walk in a circle. But anyway, they, uh, these people met at a well. And of course, John 4, we know about this woman at the well. Yeah. Uh, um, um, uh, Dale Evans, Roy Rogers' wife, uh, wrote a book called Woman at the Well. That was about herself, her own experiences. <laughs> and uh, uh, she had quite a storied life. Her stuff is really wonderful to read. My wife will read it and read parts of it to me. And uh, it's just really a wonderful thing to read. But we're going to look about uh, a tale of two wells. And we'll look at this woman first. Verse uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though John, Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near a parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and was about the sixth hour. Uh, that's. I looked that up. They said it's like around ten o'clock to noon, somewhere around there. Um, so this, this is in the morning time when the sun's starting to get up and get hot. 
There cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. For Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For the disciples were gone away into the sea to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. Now notice this woman believes what he's saying. She doesn't know the spiritual, but she believes what he's saying. And she calls him sir. And women would do well to call men sir. A wife would do well to call her husband lord. Mm -hmm. You know, Mr. Sir. And of course the man would do well to say ma'am to his wife. Uh, you know, so you know, just common, good old-fashioned manners and respect for your, you know, just esteem others better than yourself. Amen. Why not say sir, yes sir, yes ma'am? That's good to do. Amen. Uh, um, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I uh, shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here hither to draw. Once you notice that about her too, she does not like this task. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't, doesn't like it. Now you can imagine you have to walk this distance, mm -hmm. drop that down there, and if you ever pulled up weight from a distance, it's not easy work. Now you, they may have had a crank, they may not, but whatever, they, she has to pull up the well's deep. She has to pull it up that distance, put on her shoulder, and trudge back to town. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered, I imagine she kind of looked down. I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. Well, thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband. In that says thou truly. Now, I've always looked at this as a woman's being shacked up. She hadn't had a proper marriage. And there is a proper marriage, and there is shacking up. There is a difference. Yes. One is that there's a contract or a um, covenant, if you want. It may not be according to whatever society or even this society. But there has to be an agreement that this is a permanent relationship. Right. My wife, though, pointed out that there's another way to look at this. She may have had somebody else's husband. <laughs> I never looked at it that way. Yeah. But that Maybe. is quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, whatever the condition, this woman ain't where she ought to be. Yeah. Um, and the, um, for thou hast had, uh, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and him thou hast now is not thy husband. In that says thou truly. The woman said, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped at this mountain. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll go on down a little bit. And um, uh, uh, look down to verse. Uh, 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the man, come see a man which told me all things ever I did is not this the Christ. I want you to notice too, she left her water pot. Yeah. 
Now let's get down to the preaching. Amen. Dear God, we do thank you for this opportunity to be able to gather together. We thank you for the freedoms we still have in this country. We thank you for the men that fought and died and bled so that we could have them. We thank you for men that would go on street preach when they were going to be whipped. We thank you for men that would go to jail rather than shut up. And we thank you, God, for the uh, people that persevered until this day to give us the freedoms that we have. And we do cherish and thank them because we know that all liberty and freedom comes from you. And Father, I do ask this to be a blessing to each person that's here. And God help me give me power from the Holy Spirit as I preach and uh, to be a blessing to these people. And most of all, we do pray for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now I'm not going to be going to another uh, place. I'm going to just stay right here. So uh, if you want to just relax and listen to what I'm saying, you can do that. Uh, I'm not telling you to put away your Bible, but uh, <laughs> you got to check me out about what I said. But if, you know, if you, you're not going to be turning to a lot of uh, different texts with this message here. This woman, okay, now I want to dispel two myths, first of all, that you hear preached a lot. Uh, first of all, uh, it was not a strange thing for a man to carry water. They always say, well, whenever the disciples went in, they saw, uh, uh, saw um, Mark carrying that uh, picture of what I think it was Mark anyway. They saw it, uh, a man that that would have been an unusual occurrence. That would not have been an unusual occurrence. It's very common for men to carry water. It is more common for men to carry water than for women. There was a certain time when the daughters of men came out to gather water. Otherwise, it was the man's job. Remember the Gibeonites? Yeah, the Gibeonites. They were to be hewers of wood and drawers of water. These are traditionally men's work. Brother Caleb talked about being up in the Philippines there, and there was a school there, and they had to pump their water, and they said one day the boys would pump the water, and uh, the girls would carry the water to the school, and the next uh, day the, the uh, boys would pump the water, uh, the, the girls would pump the water, and the boys would carry it to school. And one time he was up there in the Philippines, it was the uh, uh, girls' time to pump the water. He being the gallant gentleman that he is, he always makes friends with the women. By <laughs> <laughs> he went and he pumped the water for them. They thought it was a wonderful thing that he did that. But the, the uh, if you read uh, early American history, the man's, uh, if he was going to be gone for the day, what he would do is he would see to it that the wood was chopped and the water was drawn so that the woman could do her household chores. It was it's more the duty of the man. Jacob watered that flock. Remember that? Right. Moses watered a flock. So it was not an uncommon thing for the man to carry the water. There was a certain time of the day when the women would. They need to get out of the house for a little bit. <laughs> you know, the woman's place was in the home back in those days and they were in the home and so this is a time to get out of the house for a little bit get with the uh, uh, adult women and, and go and, and uh, or the daughters would go out there now a, a lot of times in the Bible you read that this is where a man met his wife it's like whenever I was single they said uh, if you want to find a single woman go to laundromat wash your clothes <laughs> There's a lot of single, if you want to find a single man, go to a grocery store. Because usually the wife does the shopping, right? You know, man, if he is shopping, he's usually with his wife. Now, there's, now that's not always the case, but that's very often. And some woman told me what you do is you look and see if they got a ring on, and, you know, it looks like someone you'll get to meet, and you run your grocery cart to them. And say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Start your conversation. <laughs> That wouldn't work with me. <laughs> Get out of my way, woman. 
conversation going with the woman at the the laundromat say how did uh, how do you put the soap in anyway how do you mix these but, <laughs> but anyway that's a, that's just you know that's a meeting place for single people <laughs> is that how you met her no no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not how I met her at church <laughs> drug her kicking and screaming to the altar you're gonna marry me woman <laughs> but anyway you, you get the uh, the, this is a mean place. The other thing I'd like to dispel is that the disciples had no right to speak to this woman. You hear some nice people say, well, those disciples, they didn't speak to this woman. They didn't witness to the people of Samaria. You know why he didn't? Jesus told them not to. That's the book. That's right. So they That's had right. no right to talk to this woman. They had no right to talk to people in there. Yeah. And if they had done it, it would have messed up everything. Right. Because they weren't doing it God's way. Right. You can do God's work God's way. Amen. So, uh, this woman here, she every day has to go out at this time. This is early in the morning. Where uh, When you read that the time for the women come out uh, to get the water is in the evening. The men have just come home. They need to wash up. So the women, that's when the women get their chance to get out of the house. And the men can talk to the kids and everything for a little bit. They go out. They have fellowship with each other. They get the water and bring it home. The men go out in the heat of the day. You know, you have to go there. Uh, probably first thing in the morning, they get up. Or maybe one of the boys, they're probably sending out the boys to do it. They go get the water, bring it home, and make sure that there's plenty of water for the household chores to be done and for to, to drink and everything when they need to drink. So that's mainly the men's job. The women come at the evening time and do this and get away from everything, have fellowship with each other. That's women's fellowship, drawing water. So you know, they're working and uh, being productive uh, while they're having their fellowship. So this woman, every day she has to do this. Now, no, she does not like this job. Every day when she gets up, okay, you know, she's going about her, oh, I'm out of water, I gotta go get water. She picks up an empty water pot, and that reminds her of the emptiness of her life. And yeah, she looks at it. Why am I even living? Yeah. Another day, and what's what good's it doing me? Yeah. Now this woman's not young. She's had five husbands. She's working on her sixth. And so she's not young. She's not eighteen. She's not sixteen. She's past the bloom of her youth, and she has no reputation, right? But a bad reputation. Something must have really come over this woman that changed for those men to listen to her. And believe her. Yeah. So something happens. This woman is looking at this empty pot. She's thinking about her empty life. I have to pick up this pot. Now those clay pots are not light. And so she has to pick this up, put it on her shoulder, put it on her head, or however she's going to carry it, and go out. I have an empty life every day when she looks at it. And if you look at the way that this world is, it's empty. Dr. Owen told about a, an Englishman that uh, he, he was putting in some green stakes into the ground for his tomatoes. So he's a, 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 a lord of some kind. He's, he's a high political position. And he said he saw a worm crawl up the stake. And you know, he, it was green, so he thought it was a stem. And the, the worm gets to the top, and he looks around, sees nothing, goes back down. He says, that's me. <laughs> I got to the top of the world, I look around, and this is all that there is. Yeah. 
You know, it's all empty. It's all going to pass away. It's all vanity. Vanity means emptiness. These people, she's got an empty life. She's got emptiness in her. And all this life has, the best it has to offer is emptiness. And every day she gets up, she's reminded when she looks at that empty pot that her life is empty. And I have to pick this up at this time of the day when a man should be going and doing it. She has, in her search for happiness through men, she has nothing. She has no man that's going to do this. Now remember this, in most cultures, if uh, the, the woman is the possession of the man, all right? The children that she produces by him are his possession. Okay, so the children actually, uh, America has it different than most cultures. We got it backwards. The women, the children belong to the man, not to the woman. She has no son to go do this for. She has no daughter to do it for. She's getting up in age, and this is a wearisome task, and she has to get this to go and have water to drink. She has to walk out of the room. Then, uh, once she gets it full, she's reminded of the burden of this life. Because there's, uh, somebody said the only thing that's heavier than sand is wet sand. Nothing is heavier than water. Water is how many, what, eight pounds? A, a, gallon. a gallon, pardon? Eight, eight, eight pounds. About, about eight pounds a gallon, more or less. <laughs> uh, so she has, I don't know how big her pot was, a couple gallons, five gallons. You know, it's, it's quite heavy. And especially if you have to walk a distance to get it. She's reminded of the burden of this life. Mm. You know, you take the burden of sin, it's a heavy burden. Yeah. When you're young, you don't realize it. And she probably didn't realize it when she was young. It was a happy time going yeah. to the well with all the girls. Getting this nice fresh water, cold water out of the well. You know, the water that comes out of the, well, the ground around here is 50 degrees. <coughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> somebody was telling me, oh, no, I don't believe that. I said, well, Get in the shower and just turn the cold water. I said, oh, yeah, it is that cold. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes out here 50 degrees. I don't know how cold that water was, but it's down in the ground, so it's colder than anything that's up here. So you go get that nice cold water, maybe force it on top of her head, and then put, put it down there laughing and giggling and everything, and all that's over. Yeah. And all she has left is the burden. You know, all these years, you know, she's young, and she's uh, able to carry this and uh, carry it for her mother, uh, maybe and maybe for her mother-in-law, one of the mother-in-laws liked her. Uh, <laughs> she's able to carry it and, uh, uh, and she brings in the fresh water to the house. She can clean the house. She can do her cooking and all that. And it's a blessing for her to be able to do it. But not anymore. Age is catching up with her and sin shows up more in a woman's face than it does in a man's face. And always remember that. And so this woman, the sin is catching up with her, the burden of sin. And, you know, pretty soon she'll get the wages of sin. And, you know, she looks down in that well, knowing that her soul's going to go down even deeper than that well is because of her sin. She has no hope, nothing but the burden of sin, the aches and pains of age have crept upon her. And, brothers, you don't get, it doesn't get easier to be righteous as you get older. It gets harder because we're a degenerate beast, where <laughs> yeah. the stamp of sin is on you right. and you have more of a tendency you just don't have the energy to do the sin you have more of a tendency towards you you got to fight harder as you get older and so she's got this and she said what is my life yeah. it's picking up this empty pitcher going back, filling it up and coming with this heavy load to go back home and I got to do it every day 
I don't have a man to do this for me. And she has to come to the grips of the, 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 the thought, it is her own fault. She has no man, she has no child, she has no female companions to go with her. It's an empty road, she has to go down. And when you come down to death, when you come down to judgment, it's you and you alone that's going to stand for it. And that is a terrifying thought. You have no redeemer. Amen. And she's going down this road and she looks and she sees this man. She can tell from his clothes he's a Jew. So I just passed some other Jews. I wonder if he's with them. Doesn't think much about it. The guy's not going to talk to her anyway. People in town don't talk to her. The other women don't want her around because they don't want her around their men. And she's disgraced because of her life that she's lived. I don't care how loose your society is. If you've had five husbands and you've you just go to whoever's around to get yeah. whatever you need. You don't have a good reputation. No one wants to do anything to do with you. She has no fellowship. She, has, she doesn't think much about him. The Jews coming through town. And they're not going to stay. They're going to get their food and they're going to go on. She comes to the water and the man talks to her. <laughs> what is this? And he talks to her about her water. I mean, I, I'd like a drink of water. She never gives it to him. I don't know if the pot was full when she pull, she pulled it up and then he asked for it or if she was about to put it down. Uh, it doesn't say. But let's say that she pulled up the pot. And I'll say that for a reason a little bit. So she's got it up there and she says, uh, I'd like, like some water. Um, what are you doing talking to me? Yeah. She says, i got something I want to give you. Mm-hmm. He asked her for something, but he really wants to give her something. <laughs> and and uh, she's talking about this. He says, I got some water that's better than this water. It's better than the water that Jacob got. Jacob got water from God, didn't he? But it wasn't everlasting life. He got life from God, but he didn't get everlasting life like we do. Yeah. Uh, we get the Holy Spirit. He didn't. Yeah. And he right. says, I got better water than what Jacob got. I got, uh, I got a religion that's better than what you have. I got something better. Well, people don't like that. You, know, you would think that when you have a religion that gives you what you need free, that gives you something that's sure, I don't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to hell because I got what the Bible yeah. says I need. I got it from the person who never lies. Now, Buddha lied. Yeah. Oh, uh, and Muhammad certainly lied. They vacillate. They tell. They talk out both sides of the mouth. They. They. And. And. and uh, what's the Catholic Church have to offer you? Yeah. You do everything just right, and you might make it to purgatory. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> now, what does the Universalist have to offer? Say, well, everybody's going to get saved. They say. Yeah. So why, you know, <laughs> what do they have to offer you? you know, so why, right. why should I even try with you? Right. What is, uh, uh, you know, the the Muslim? You can. Uh, uh, you can kill somebody and have seven uh, virgins, and then if they, they've said where you can have more now if you blow up people or something. You destroy and you maim and you kill and you're filled with hatred, and you'll have seven virgins. What if you're a woman? What do they got to offer you? Yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, you're, you might be right. one of those seven virgins for some guy. Uh, you know, what do they got to offer you? It says you can't drink here on the earth, but you can get drunk in paradise. So you get a river of wine. So it's it's what do they have to offer you? Right. 
Amen. Really, in all actually, what do they have? Nothing. Here's a religion that says you can have a mansion in heaven and you can have eternal life. You can have your sins. You can have a clean conscience. And you can have fellowship with God. Amen. And people don't want to. You say your religion is better than mine. Yes, I am. Yeah, because it's better than what I have. Right. Amen. And the religion I had was no good. It didn't give me any hope. It always kept me in wonder. It, it was always asking more and asking more and asking more and never giving me anything. So when I got Christ, I got something better. Amen. And he's offering her something better. She comes and he says, uh, says he says, well, the Messiah is going to come. She says, I'm him. Amen. She leaves with <laughs> Jesus can get his water now. Here, you take care of this. I got something better. <laughs> she runs into town and tells everybody Amen. about the one that she's met. <clears throat> now I want to tell you about another well. This is back in Genesis. A young lady, pure. She's beautiful. She doesn't have the stamp of sin upon her face like this other lady did. She's a pure virgin girl. She's young, full of energy. Honey, it's time to go out and get the water. Yes, ma'am. She picks it up and trots out there. Hey, want to race to the well? Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to stay back. There. I just got married, so these other married women are going to tell me about uh, what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's a good thing to do. You stay with them. She trots along. She sees some other girls. Hey, want to race to the well? Uh, we got some gossip to catch up on. Maybe you go talk to these other ladies about it. <laughs> I'll see you down there. She's trotting along. Beautiful. She is eligible. She, you know, her family was not poor. They had a big enough room to uh, uh, bring in a caravan of ten camels. You know, and, and the men, they had the food to put before uh, guests that came there. So this was not a poor household that she was from. She's rich. She's beautiful. She's single. She's young. She's got the whole world in front of her. And she's coming along to this well. She's trotting along, a smile on her face. You know, a woman that's beautiful knows she's beautiful. <laughs> and um, and if you have the inner beauty, that even comes out more. And that sparkle in her eye and the, the smile on her face shows that she's different. Because she's not an ordinary woman. And she's coming down to the well, and she sees a man. And he's praying, he lifts up his house. God, that must be the one right there. And he says, hey, can I have a drink of water? Why, sure. She runs. runs. You know, this woman is running every time. Yeah. She gets the water and hands it to him, and he takes a drink of water. And he says, she says, hey, tell you what, you got some camels here? It looks like you guys are tired. I'll water your camels, too. And she's there just joyfully working. You know, she's got the, the vigor of youth still to her, and she's got a, a heart that wants to help other people and be a blessing to them. And so she's pouring the water for the camels. You know that there was um, camels, those ten camels, we have the Ten Commandments, the, the, the law was our master to bring us to Christ. Uh, they're mentioned 18 times as plural. There's 18 prophets in the uh, books of prophecy in the Old Testament. One time the camels mentioned singular in this passage. When Rebecca gets off the camel, there's one book of prophecy in the New Testament. John the Baptist had a uh, a girdle of, of uh, camel's hair. The, the day of the rapture's got to be somewhere in this. 
But, <laughs> but the, uh, you know, so uh, this woman's coming there and she's, she's watering the candle and says, this is it. You know who I am? No, sir, I don't know who you are. It says, I am your master's servant. Uh, my, uh, my master is a relative of yours. Isaac's his son, and he is looking for a wife. Woo! Now remember, Isaac's 40. <laughs> but she, oh, you know, she runs home and tells him. And he tells him at, at the end of this, he says, okay, you know, wake up in the morning, let's go. Wait a minute, this is our baby girl here. Right. Give her at least 10 days. 10's a reasonable number, right? You've tempted me 10 times. Yeah. You've changed my wages 10 times. He said, let her wait at least 10 days. He says, oh, no, no, no. Now's the time. He said, well, we'll ask her. We'll ask her. Will you go with this man? I will go with this man. So in order to be this girl, you need to be the other one first. Because she was able to go with Eliezer, who's a picture of the Holy Spirit, come for the Gentile bride to bring to Isaac, who's a picture of Christ. Before you can do that, use the sinner have to come to the first well and get that living water and then the preparation day you know it doesn't matter what your background is when you come to Christ you're as pure as the driven snow yeah. Amen. the sins of the past Amen. are gone Amen. Amen. gone her brother Jeff uh, Bagger was preaching one time he says they're uh, not under the blood they're not behind Jesus' back they're not cast in the deepest part of the ocean they are gone Amen. Every sin that you have committed, that you are committing, that you will commit, all your sin is gone. Now that really blows my mind about the future. Yeah. It's gone. Those sins were forgiven the day that I asked Christ to save me. Amen. And these are two wells. You come to the first well, and he says he renews your your strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And, you know, God renews the strength. He renews the beauty. He gives you something in your inner man that makes, you know, a, a woman that gets saved has a different look after she gets saved. You know, you, someone that's been in the world, after they get saved, they get a different look to them. They don't have that old haggard look anymore. You know, like I said, the, the marks of sin still there, but something changes, and they're able to uh, look. Their, their youth is renewed. They're, they're strengthened, and they've got the difference. And this is the tale of two wells. You come to the first well as a sinner. You leave at the second well as a pure virgin. And I'll close with that. Amen. Amen. You can use that on the road if you want. Sorry. That's good. That's good. I can always count on Brother Barker to give us something I never thought of. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Excellent. Aren't you thankful to be saved? Amen. Amen. Have all that stuff washed away. It's gone. Mm -hmm.